we're going to take a quick break to show some love to another podcast. Hey, everyone. I am Nick. And I'm Russ. And if you're looking for a podcast about current events that's well-informed, highly educated, and safe to share with your whole family, that's not us. Nope, it's not. But here at the Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything podcast, we have an opinion about everything and don't mind sharing it. That we do. New episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Check us out at nickandrust.com. And find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more, including YouTube. Thank you, and I love you all. Mwah! That was Nick and Russ from Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything. Make sure you tune in and hit that subscribe button. Welcome to Pod Jerky. I'm your host, Master Impressive. Director Awesome wasn't able to be with us today because he's manning the fort behind the scenes, working on social media and all that fun stuff. In this episode, we did things a little differently. We're self-isolating, so why not self-interview? They don't call us the crazy Canucks for nothing. We were having a lot of tech issues behind the scenes, and it seems like we live next to the tech Bermuda Triangle where all signals disappear. We sent a message to Navi the North, sent him a few questions, and basically asked him to record the interview, sorry, self-interview, on his phone and send us the clip afterwards, and it turned out pretty good actually. I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode quite a bit, and especially for all you music production fans, everybody who wants to get down to the nitty-gritty, the details, really find out what's going on inside the artist's mind, his workflow, his methodology, his philosophy, all those types of things. Let's get started. Yo, yo, what up, everybody? My name is Navi the North. I have a lot of exciting stuff happening in 2020 and going into 2021. I'd like to start off by giving you guys a little bit of a background as to who I am and where I'm from. Navi is just my name backwards. Uh, my name is Ivan. I've been involved in hip-hop since the late 90s in Toronto. Not to the capacity of some of my colleagues, but um, definitely been in and around the venues, hip-hop shows. It all started in high school, like a lot of us, listening to artists like... I still remember my first underground mixtape I got. It was called Digging with Shovels, one of my friends. Andrew Corbin Thoughtbug. He handed it to me in grade nine, I think, or ten it was. I can't remember exactly, but it had a compilation of artists that I've never heard of, names I haven't seen, beats that I was familiar with, because at this time I was now, you know, listening to mainstream hip hop, I would say. Underground was Wu Tang, and that was pretty underground at the time for me. So when I started hearing artists like Atmosphere and uh, Aesop Rock and company flow and these these crazy underground acts that really opened up my eyes to a different side of hip-hop that really inspired me i guess because those are the artists that i still kind of listen to today and draw inspiration from as an artist myself my upbringing in hip-hop really stems from the culture of it you know grade nine it started with break dancing and it was you know in high school we would get there early and meet in the front foyer there and put on some hip-hop and start dancing and i met a lot of great people learning how to break dance i was never a great break dancer learned the basics pretty well i had a lot of great friends like says one and fam floor assassins militia those are the guys that got me into break dancing and got me to see that real toronto hip-hop culture my buddy one says one his brother Ruben is an amazing musician and just my whole, everybody I meet that comes into my life is very, very talented in some kind of capacity. I'm very blessed for that. 
But yeah, that was my first exposure to going out and, you know, seeing Juan and his crew do their graffiti thing, man. The, the graffiti culture is, is huge here in Toronto. That's kind of the first time I started b-boying, being exposed to the elements of hip-hop. And from that, started attending more of the shows that we, you know, frequent here, like the Style and Progresses and 416 Expos. I would try my hardest to be involved, but I was at the same time running martial arts classes and training at the same time and learning how to run a business and studying the martial arts. Right now, I run a martial arts school called Kickstart Taekwondo. I wouldn't say I run it as much as I teach all the classes. My wife, Yelena, she's the one that spearheads the business side of things and allows me to express myself as an artist. That's what the last, you know, 10 to 12 years of my life was really. It was just focusing on one aspect of my life, which is martial arts. And, you know, while I would spend most of my time doing martial arts, I would here and there now not be able to do hip hop as much as I would listen to it in a, and it would always be with me until the timing was right. And this is now where we are. This is years later after I've been through the breakdancing. I wouldn't say I really was a breakdancer. I was just really like breakdancing. My whole high school is pretty much consistent in trying to learn new moves and breaking bones and pulling muscles that would conflict with my Taekwondo. <laughs> and anyways, I would uh, I would eventually stop breakdancing and uh, get into freestyling. And that was around, you know, 17, 18. And freestyling turned into starting a group with a bunch of my friends who were all musicians. And uh, they were in my circle at school. We were called the Concepticons. And that was made up of my friend Dana, Colin, and Nick who was known as uh, Pope Fiction, Blakes, and Helmet. And they inspired me. They were, they were the people who were in my, uh, in my school there, and they were making music. And I heard a couple of their solo uh, releases, and I, you know, I, I was dabbling here and there on the microphone, and I, I approached them, and you know, it was, it was kind of like Beastie Boy backpacker style of raps. It was really, really good. We had so much fun with it back in high school. Uh, met a lot of great people doing shows, and that was my first sense of being in a hip-hop crew. Whereas I was actually a, a contributing member with Fam and Juan and those guys, uh, I was I was never really good enough to be a uh, a break dancer at their level. So I would appreciate them from a distance, and I, I couldn't really do the graffiti thing, but I did a- appreciate the art form. But with the rapping, I was at least able to wasn't a very good rapper, but I would say I, I had my own style and uh, I enjoyed doing it. Every once in a while, I would hit a pretty good verse or you know freestyle session. But never really took it anywhere. So about five years of just making music here and there, just I would make beats. I started making beats because no one would make the beats for us. Well, they all actually made their own beats. My friends, they, they're producers. So I said, why not? I'll get into it. And I started off with Cubase. That's when I developed the love for uh, creating the music behind it. And that's when I kind of stopped rapping, I would say. We did release an album. We were called The Concepticons. And it was called uh, Word is Con. Still have it. Still listen to it every once in a while. We have I have a solo song on there. Didn't have any productions on there, but um, it's a really good listen. My homie DJ Eternal at the time, who now is known as uh, the one Rastafari or on my record, 
Now he has a bunch of different projects. He's known as Die Empty. He did the cuts on my intro and did the cuts on the Rusty Jux and um, Rockness Monster song. He also did the cuts on the All Out track with Dank from Frank and Dank, uh, also known as Dankry Harv, with Thrust. Thrust and Dank have a group called T to the D, which is uh, Toronto to Detroit. It's been together for a very long time, but they made music for forever, just haven't released anything. And, you know, the timing was right, and we were able to do that. And my friend, who was on the Concepticons album, on the intro of the Concepticons album, it was only right to have him on the intro of my album nearly 10 or 12 years later, I would say, or 15 years. I don't even know how long ago, 2002 maybe. Wow, almost 20 years later, crazy. So yeah, that's kind of where my tree came from. My production really didn't take off until I started hanging out with my friend, who is also my mixing engineer on my album, Civilian. Civilian was the guy who all of us, me and Colin and Nick and Dana, the Concepticons, we came out of his basement. He was the guy with the MPC 2000. And that was uh, the first time I've ever seen that drum machine. We were in the basement recording Concepticons and he was there. Uh, he had the studio monitors and I remember the dual, the dual computer monitors. Those that know me are going to probably laugh because I have like, <laughs> I have like five monitors all around me. I look like the guy from Matrix. But uh, that was the first kind of uh, taste of a real studio environment for me. And I think that was around 2002. So we recorded Concepticons and I started learning how to make beats with Civilian on the 2000. And, you know, it had the SCSI drive. It had that disc, the SCSI. For those of you guys that don't know what SCSI is, it's that floppy disc drive. We used to have it on the backs of, uh, of the NPCs because we used to store all our stuff in floppies back then. You would get something like, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's something we would have close to two minutes of sampling time. Sometimes they would have one minute of sampling time that they would break apart into mono signals. So then you would get, you know, one at double that time, right? Anyways, uh, there wasn't a lot to work with compared to all the stuff that we have now. And I remember I couldn't afford a 2000 XL at the time because those were really expensive drum machines back then compared to a rip version that I had of Cubase. So I got on Cubase and I was making beats for a while on there and then life got really complicated for me and I started moving out of the house and, uh, you know, experiencing all the ups and downs of life in your early 20s and your mid-20s and built my Taekwondo program. That's a whole other story in itself, but I built that over a couple of years and at the same time started to get in touch with my hip-hop roots and decided to go uh, make some money finally and was able to get myself an MPC. The first MPC that I got was um, the 2000 XL, and uh, it was the 2000 XL MCD. So it had the memory card, the flash card drive. So that was awesome. So we didn't have to use the SCSI anymore. And the SCSI, I just remember it being so slow. But at the time, I guess everything is relative because at the time, the SCSI wasn't that slow compared to things now. So when I got the CF card, it was like lightning fast. It was just really nice because it was the same operating system as the 2000. It was a blue model, so it was great. And I made a lot of great beats on that drum machine that I actually found a, a floppy, or sorry, that I found a disc uh, CF card from. And now with my new MPC, I use the MPC-X right now. I'm able to uh, remake some of those songs that I had back then. Before Navi goes any further, I'm going to play a few clips from his Barbaric Beats Volume 1 album. We're going to start off with Entrance to Valhalla. 
next track is titled Hierarchy of Souls. Next, we have Elder's Prophecy. Next, barbed wire crown. We have two more in this group. The first one is Death Dealer. And to the extent that it will be useful. 
And to finish off, we have Exiled. That was my starting. You know, I had that 2000 uh, XLMCD and I worked with it for about one year. Really happy with that drum machine. It was such a warm sound. The drums were so crispy and I'm sure a lot of MPC users would agree with me that had experience with previous models. The MPC is one of those great things that you should always have and never really sell because I've noticed at least the new models of the NPCs, they're versatile as all hell. Really amazing machines. You can integrate them with your DAW and your wireless or your wireless setup that you have really well. But the sound I feel is just so loud. And you know, those people that appreciate the SP1200 and the older NPCs, all the other samplers that were used back then, they give your drums and samples and beats in general, this grime, this nice saturation that you would love to have on certain things like snares or just to have your sound sounding a certain way. I just feel like the new machines are loud, but they're not as vibrant and colorful. And that was my only bone with the machines now compared to the machines back then. That MPC 2000 XL MCD that I had was well, it was probably my favorite piece of gear I ever owned. And like most people know, you know, you, you have to sell some things to make do for other things. And, you know, I had to let go of that drum machine to, to make rent one year. And that was a hard thing to do. And it kind of stopped me from making music for about a year after that. And I tried to get myself the MPC 1000. After that, it was the 1000. And uh, the 1000 was amazing. I was going to Humber at the time. Humber Lakeshore for business management and <laughs> I didn't do too well and I didn't finish that whole program because I uh, I spent my first semester with that drum machine in the library. They had a vinyl library and it was just the most music I've ever seen in one spot. Some records were $1,000 records and they were all at your disposal and I remember having my MPC 1000 in my backpack. And the whole first semester, I was in that thing every morning from about 8 a.m. to about 1 p.m. just sampling records and making beats there in these little sectioned off work cubicles. And the librarians would come up to me and they would ask me, uh, what are you doing there? I'd have to pretend that it was a, oh, it's just a preamp because they had one turntable and they had their headphones that were attached. So I would just run a line out of the turntable into my MPC and I would just use the MPC as the preamp and tell them it was the preamp. So they thought I was just listening through my preamp. Anyways, I was able to rip a lot of amazing, rare, rare stuff. I, to this day, wish I had all those beats that I made but because I've lost so much of my stuff throughout the years that I'm slowly starting to find little bits 
here and there. But that 1000 was my second favorite piece of machinery, I'd have to say. After that, I ended up selling that one as well later and I took a little hiatus from making beats because life started to get real quick. I opened up my business now full time, probably in 2010 or 2012 now. And I met my wife and we've been together for around five years. So maybe a little bit later, I got back into hip hop about three years ago when I finally established myself as a businessman, I feel, and as a, as a Taekwondo practitioner, as somebody in the community. My wife and I, we run a martial arts program with over 350 people and we have an after school program with over 30 kids. So from one o'clock to nine o'clock, we're living that life, which is kind of a blessing because it gives me that time after 9 p.m. and that time until two o'clock to do this music stuff. Now that the business was settled, I decided to get my studio back up and running. And this is about two years ago, I would say. And I, you know, had to dish out the money. All my friends and homies probably know that when you do it that way, when you love something, you'll you want to get that drum machine, you want to get that sound card, then you'll need to get that, you know, new new computer, and then you have to get that keyboard, and you have to get that controller, you have to get that turntable, you have to get that mixer, you have to get that secondary drum machine, you have to get that preamp, that microphone, and it just starts stacking and stacking, and after a while, you spent $20,000, and now you have to learn this equipment, right? So, the good thing is my equipment was kind of scattered and I only had to really buy my MPC, my sound card, a new computer, a keyboard. Um, well, I guess, yeah, I did have to buy everything all over again. The only thing I really did have was my turntable, my Tech 12 and my rain mixer from uh, Mahomey Vinyl Killer, who, uh, who gave me my first Tech 12s. Uh, he also repairs Tech 12s. If, if anybody needs any tech repairs, uh, my homie uh, Lee, Lee Chung aka the vinyl killer udj he gave me my first two techs and my rain mixer those are the only things i probably held on to and about two years ago i put it all together and i started making the music my game really changed when i got the mpcx because now for the first time i was able to integrate the old technology and the workflow that i had on the mpc the whole you know programs and sequences and the workflow on the mpc i was really familiar with i did try the uh, machine before i got the x and I don't want to knock it because there are some amazing artists using it. You know, it's not the equipment that you have, but how you use it. And yeah, it just wasn't for me. I had the micro and I tried to figure out the whole operating system. And yeah, it flew against the wall. It got thrown a bunch of times because I just couldn't do it. I, I guess I was just a one, one kind of direction guy who's sticking with a Kai. And uh, I couldn't change the way that I was making it. So, you know. Uh, didn't do too well with that one, but the MPC and I resonated when I met the X. And this X was the first time now I, I, I can like use my MPC as a controller for my VSTI instruments. So they have this amazing program called MPC Software that allows me to use my MPC as a controller and utilize all of my plugins from Logic and uh, all of my UA plugins because my sound card is in Apollo X6 from Universal Audio. The game did change when I got that sound card and uh, the NPC, because when I started to really learn how to use my tools, the NPC and my plugins to really learn how to compress, limit, bring certain things up that need to be loud, bring certain things down that don't need to be loud. This is all stuff that after like 15 years finally starts making sense to me. And right now I can actually kind of say, I think I kind of have 
this drum thing figured out. I kind of know how to make my drums knock. I can make a really bad song, but some elements will still sound amazing. Like the drums I feel now, I've gotten. And it's just a matter of listening to the same sound over and over and over again until you really get what you want out of it. For me, it was understanding that I can't make myself sound like this guy or sound like that one because I would always say oh yeah like I kind of like sound like a mixture of like blockhead with like uh with like some some element of Dilla's bass lines here and there and and I would always try to say I sound like this guy and when I would make beats I would try to reference other people's music to how I want mine to sound like with theirs but instead of just using it for like referencing volume wise I would I would try to like emulate their bass lines and their drum patterns and just I felt like I was pushing something that wasn't mine and for the longest time I wasn't confident in myself I think as a producer to really finish and when I learned I guess my sound and when I learned to start a beat and sometimes you know just say dude this is done like this beat is finished you can't add another synth layer another drum hit another vocal cut another whatever it may be it's done and sometimes you have to know when to move on Right now, we're going to be taking a look at a few more tracks from Barbaric Beats, Volume 1. First, we're going to start off with The Northern Entrance. We have come here from the dusty plantations of the Deep South and the depressing ghettos of the North, the North, the North. Next is Tribute to Sean the Barbarian. track is Emeralds of Illusion.
The next track is Bloodlines. Next one, Atonement. to round this group off, Family Crest. I think my biggest problem until now is I was always stuck in my past and I would be stuck in songs that I couldn't finish. I would make these songs for days and weeks at a time, not really happy with it because I, I was a perfectionist, I guess. And we all are in art, but I guess perfectionism is really the killer of being done. And when I started to adapt this mentality about having something set in my mind that I want to do and accomplishing it, I literally with anything in my life will take something, say, okay, this is what I want. I'm going to get it. Now, how are we going to get it? All right, we have to do this, this, and this. Let's get it. Let's set a due date. So if I know the due date, then it makes me hustle a little bit more. And learning this philosophy really helped me choose a sample, roll with it, add a kick, add a snare, add a hi-hat get an open hat, dive into the bass line, make the kick in the bass line dance a little bit. Does it fit the sample? Yeah, it does. Okay, cool. Let's roll with it. Let's take it. Let's double it up. Now let's take some elements out of this sequence, make a transitional sequence. Okay, sounds good. Cool. I got two different kind of uh, similar sounding sequences, a little bit different. It'll drop nicely from one to the other. Let's now make an intro. Okay, intro is made. Cool. Take a little bit of this out, a little bit of that out, drop in the first sequence. Wicked. Now we have an intro. We have a couple of sequences. Let's work on the chorus. 
chorus gets done, I usually take out a little element here and there or add a little element there just to give it a little bit of separation from the main body of work. And then you just double replicate, take a little bit here and there. And that's my formula. Like with every song, if it works, I do it. If it doesn't, I leave it alone and I move on. And when I learned that, you know, this works, go with it, this doesn't drop it, I was able to finish something and leave it as is and come back to it later. And if I see myself coming back to it three or four times, I just don't come back to it at all because it wasn't meant to be. This new workflow that I have has been happening now consistently for the last year and a half to two years since I learned to operate the MPC and learn my uh, universal audio sound card and learned plugins in general, how to use them. The ones that really make your sound different, that makes your sound big and warm and that makes your beats stand out of a crowd of, of hundreds of other people just sonically, which, you know, makes sense when you listen to mainstream music and uh, trap music sometimes. I'm not the one to knock anything. I'm not going to knock trap music in any way, shape or form. Um, it's not hip hop, but I'm going to say that that trap element has really made artists go a certain way into thinking that hip hop has to sound like this. And I do feel like a lot of great sounds remain, but I do feel like it's over. And I feel like real hip hop is coming back because the youth is digging into the 80s and the 90s. And, you know, once they like hip hop, like anything, you'll dive a little bit deeper into it. And the fact that the younger cats now are digging this boom bap style, it's really, really great because now I'm in that pocket. I was able to, at the right time, meet the people to bring my production level to the next phase in its maturity. And that all changed when I met K-Cut. K-Cut and I, we met online actually through Instagram and I reached out. He responded back, said that my beats were dope. I knew of K-Cut at the time as, you know, K-Cut, one of three members of Main Source who are um, K-Cut, Sir Scratch, his brother, and Large Professor. I knew K-Cut, but I didn't know K-Cut. So we were talking here and there, and he would like some of my beats. And, you know, that's that was crazy for me that the fact that he would even listen or, and respond to me or even follow me on Instagram was a big thing because, you know, I'm an up-and-coming producer. I'm trying to build relationships. I'm reaching out to everybody that I like as a musician. I reach out to everybody who I've appreciated over the years, who've given back to me, who I've listened to and been inspired by. On Instagram, I've reached out to those people, whether they come reach back to me or not. It is what it is. I hope that they do reach out if they didn't uh, for whatever reason. I hope that they do anyway, because I would love to make music with so many more people in the near future. But solidifying my relationship with K-Cut was the beginning and the turning point, really, of having uh, other people look at me, I guess, pay attention to me. So as Kevin and I, uh, Kevin is K-Cut. He taught me and he's always teaching me just about, uh, I would say minimalism because I love sharing my life and I love sharing my songs, my ideas, my creative process with people. And um, in my life, I've learned that when you give yourself too much, when you share too much, the wrong people sometimes watch you and the wrong people give you that attention. And not all attention is great attention. And when somebody's looking at your, this is an opinion, when somebody looks at your photo on Instagram, they might have a certain feeling. And, and if they're looking at that photo and they're feeling jealousy or they're feeling uh, anger, greed or whatever it may be, it's, it's still a negative emotion that's brought your way through that image to you. So I know that it's like, how can you make a connect? Well, it's 
metaphysical carry that energy and i feel as though kevin has k-cut has really taught me to don't share so much don't let too many people into your life because a lot of because you're not that guy like you're not your beats are good like i spend so much time trying to make contact with artists and sell them the idea of rapping on my beats you know and a lot of the artists that i took and i made beats with i can definitely say that you know we made amazing songs from Sadat X to Elvis Sensei to Afro to C. Ray Walls, Vast Air to Mathematic, Thrust, Jism High Definition with Cree from LA, Rusty Jooks, Rockness Monster. Like that track list is just crazy. And those artists were amazing. And, you know, it was very intimidating trying to get my sound to sound dope with them over it because, you know, Brockness Monster, with, he's from Health of Skelta, that's with Sean P. And you have Sadat X from Brand Nubian. You have Elder Sensei from Artifact. You have K Cut from Main Source. You know, you have Vast Air from Cannibal Ox. Like, wow. This track list has a lot of people who have some of the most influential groups that I listen to as, as an artist. And that was my whole inspiration behind this album. It was, you know, who was I listening to as a youth in high school? And are they still making music now? And can I make a song with them? And, you know, the ones that I was able to reach out to and, and connect with and make arrangements with, we've done it. And I believe we've done great jobs. And I feel like I could do that with anybody. And I was willing to do that with everybody. But then, you know, it takes a lot of energy to make just a single beat. I mean, sometimes it might take five minutes to make something. Sometimes it takes five hours, sometimes five days. But, you know, I began to value my work when I started comparing my work to other people. Uh, not so much beats. Why? Because there's amazing beat makers out there. The vision, though, to have somebody sit on your beats is something that I've learned to work with thanks to people like uh, K-Cut and Civilian. You know, leaving that room in your beats to have the vocals sit on and not to overproduce the song is something that I'm still day-to-day -day getting better at. And with this project especially, I've learned how to make the music for the artist. Some of these songs here, I made the instrumentals originally, sent it to them, and they got back to me. Some of them, I had the acapella, and I just made the beat over the acapella, like All Out with Dank and Thrust. That song on my album was uh, an acapella, and I just boom-bapped it up. I played the acapella, I put it in my MPC, did the drums, did the bass, sample, the effects sounded amazing so my the process was very very uh, easy on the beat barbarian volume one that has all these artists on it that's going to be premiering the, its official release on all digital platforms on the 8th of august 2020 it's already out right now on bandcamp uh you can stream it i believe three times and then you can purchase it on there i put it out on bandcamp first just because i did need to respect the due date that i did set and uh I got involved in submitting my album through DistroKit, this Beat Barbarian, to a playlist editor review. I put a song out by uh, myself and Thrust named, uh, a song named Trust on that track. It's Thrust solo track. I put it to get reviewed by the uh, editors. Uh, it takes about three weeks for that process. So that put my release date back about three weeks. So I just did want to release the album to be truthful to uh, myself and to everybody who I did say that the album was going to be out for and to give them a little taste before they can start streaming it on their own mediums. 
So that's been out for a while. The response has been amazing. We've gotten play on several radio uh, stations in New York on Sirius. We were played by Rap FM. We were also played by Raps Out of Control by DJ Eclipse. Hopefully, uh, we'll get some airplay by Premier. Uh, Gem Crates reached out to me and um, gave him the album. So let's hope that Primo will feel it. Because, you know, once Eclipse plays your stuff and, and Premier plays your stuff, you got New York. I have a lot of other artists that I can't really talk about right now from New York that are big, big heavy hitters that we're going to be working with. My man Thrust and I, he's my main artist that we're focusing on right now. Me and him have been grinding really, really hard, putting a lot of stuff together. So this Beat Barbarian compilation shows the range that I have as a producer. And, and, and K-Cut for a very long time had me... I was always putting too much out. I was putting out too, too much, wanting to work with everybody. And he's like, yo, Nav, you got to slow down, man. You got to slow down. You got to, you know, look after yourself. Look after your team first. You can't give everybody beats because sometimes, you know, the wrong rapper on your beats makes your beat look bad. And that's something I... That's why I don't sell my beats too much and... People will ask me, how do you make your money on this stuff? Like for me right now, the focus is not the money. And I believe that if money is always your number one focus, you're not going to, it's not going to organically make itself into what it really can be. Now, if your focus is to make something really amazing, especially if it's art, my focus with this Beat Barbarian album was to make something that people would love, that would appreciate and that would be timeless. And I chose artists that no matter what kind of hip hop you like, you could kind of resonate with. It spans many different eras. The MCs, young as Afro and as OG as, you know, Sadat X. We really, really, I think, put us back on the map and made something. I'm not saying that my album is better than anything else. No, I'm just saying hip hop. You know, hip hop was amazing the hip-hop in toronto in the 80s you know i keep hearing about it my friends always you know i i wasn't involved in it but but i keep hearing about it i've watched the videos i've i read the articles most importantly i heard the music hip-hop was different when people used to know the songs when they used to know the lyrics when they used to know the dance moves you know before everybody was a producer rapper a and r label rap you name it you know there was a love for hip hop and I feel like some pockets of cities still had it, like the New Yorks, the LA's, the Boston's, the, you know, every single city everywhere has that pocket of amazing hip hop. But I feel like we really hit the nail on the head with this one because I've been listening to this album over and over and over again and it's refreshing. I feel like it's that boom bap with a little something extra and every song in this is a banger. And I really, really do hope that I found the formula and I can do this with many other artists for volume two as we go on. So K-Cut has helped me realize my potential and uh, K-Cut and I have several projects that we're working on that I'm not going to disclose right now because I'd like us to build the hype around it and as it comes out slowly, it'll be amazing. So I'm really grateful to be a part of his project. Right now, I'm also working with uh, one of the artists from my compilation. His name is uh, Jism High Definition. He's been making music for over 20 years, probably even more than that. He was one of those guys in that first mixtape. The Archives uh, 3.0, he's made music with everybody, Dilated Peoples. That was one of the first songs that I kind of went, oh my God, like, who is this guy? And we replicated that sound with our track, Worldly Ways, featuring Cree. Worldly Ways was, it was such a great coming together. We made it about 
I think two or three months before this COVID epidemic hit and the message in it resonates everything now completely. So I would recommend you guys definitely get a chance to listen to that song that came together and it basically everything that I wanted happened. That song, that sound that I wanted from the early Jism records, we were able to replicate and I was very, very grateful for that. Another person that's been really, really influential in my life as of late has been Thrust. Thrust has taken me under his wing and we've been really making some amazing music. Thrust with the rest of the fam, you know, uh, we got Thrust, we got K-Cut, Whitey Dawn, we got Skylark and Skylark is produced by Frankenstein. Frankenstein is, if you don't know who Frankenstein is, you need to check up on your hip hop. One of the best producers in the Americas, in the world, most likely. I'm not even going. You guys, are, are, I believe, already had a podcast on him. You guys should go check the podcast on on Frankenstein. Through K-Cut, I met Thrust. Through Thrust, I'm beginning to know Frankenstein. And they're releasing Skylarkin on the same day that my album is dropping. I believe on the 7th is actually the day. It's the day before mine. The song is amazing. And we've got banger after banger after banger after banger coming. It's going to be a hot, hot summer it's going to be a breath of fresh. We really feel like Toronto's coming back really, really strong and where presence felt. You wouldn't feel that because I don't feel like we're getting the kind of response that we should be getting from the stuff that we're doing here from our Toronto DJs and friends and family here. But that's always sort of been the trend. I'm not talking bad about anybody. I never would. I wish everybody the, the best of luck and most of successes, whether they're producers, MCs, A&Rs, label reps, whatever they may be. I wish Toronto the best, but I feel like Toronto doesn't wish Toronto the best. And it's this weird pocket that we're in. So I think once Toronto can get itself out of whatever shadow we're in from ourselves, we'd be able to do a lot more. The last set of tracks we're going to be looking at belong to Nabby's The Beat Barbarian Volume 1 album. The first track that I'm going to be looking at is Barbaric Beat 2. next track that we're going to be looking at is Truss, featuring Thrust. Quiet as cat, cat. Straight out the group home just to get a rap. rap. Always rock the polo, see the collar on crack. Look within myself when I take the next step. step. See, we chop it up while you're living large. Hmm. Claim you got it while you're title charge. Hmm. They're sending us these titles. titles. We approach the phone and we always lift the higher seat. We vibing in the zone, really in the eyes, man, really on the throne. I mean, really, really, really make the words that you can hear. Let's see with the spirit when you're coming, when it's near. The devil got you scared. What else? I got the thoughts well prepared. Because there's no need to fear it. Follow your heart, man. Follow your spirit. The next one is North Cut Outro. 
co-produced with K-Cut of Main Source. Next to Build featuring Mathematic. Burst verses into yeah. the universe. That's by the notion I'm supposed to be floating over these instrumentals. Host a master of ceremonies. Holding microphones when I'm zoning. The people I'm reaching, I dive way into my zone. You follow me as I go deep into situations and feelings. Life living, I'm revealing. Devising plans, blueprints, contingencies concealed in. Could never be too well prepared. The tendency I'm feeling. Got generals playing chess for life or death. Killing to overcome, thinking moves ahead. Wrong move, you're dead. In the news, they read. Thought he was a good kid. Instead, it was a tragedy. I wish it didn't have to be that's why i approach life with a strategy and calculate it out glad i made it out onto new endeavors and it's panning out yeah and yo we build that music that bring that feeling that take it to a higher plane kick back just relax we keep coming back. Back, back, back and the very last one to round off this episode soul of cassius featuring afro all flows reach out and I'm better now than I was when you saw that 22-year-old undeveloped kid running from Sunday list. I'm experienced now, professional. Jaws been broke, been lost, knocked down a couple times. Bad, been chopping trees. I've done something new for this fight. Not a wrestle with an alligator. Better believe I'll be the boxer. Better conceive I speak it proper. Big papa ahead of the league. I dare them seas who be obnoxious. I rock your behead in the beat. I be like General Aladdin. Elo Alahim, you know I be like Muhammad Ali. Or Cassius Clay, I'm fast upon the feet. Slapping them with the heat i'ma stay i'ma start i'ma say rappers are gonna retreat i'ma great i'ma lay on them like ray leota quota gorda the gorda the way that i speak it i blaze it over you're done with your shit is redundant i'm bolder i'm running this shit i'm older abundance of spitting this shit just like a king cobra you're beating over i'm on the shanti gotti black lacosa nostra told you i'm a final focal find the focus fight the locust find the chosen foe while i commit to killing flying approaches never find the fold and finally provoke them to fight with the system fury don't get Near to me, I'm Bruce Lee. Hearing me, I'm clearly appear to be the new thing. Let's get it. Certain organizations are doing things to keep the youth moving and collaborating in, uh, for purposes that will be beneficial for everyone's progress. But a lot of people still don't believe in abundance and that there's enough for everyone to go around and the strength of the human spirit. So when you find people that are like-minded like you, and I believe that I've, I finally have, we will make some amazing things. And the people that are not wanting to hear will have no choice but to hear it when it's in their face all the time. So yeah, the state of hip hop that we're in right now, I feel like uh, it was a little dire, but we're coming back. There's a lot of great stuff being made right now from all coasts of the world. I'd like to say thank you to you guys for having me on here and just talking about what hip hop is to me. 
a little bit about my life and what I'm all about. Today, I think it was all about what kind of made me who I am, what I want to do. I don't like to live in the past. I'm all about where I want to go. Where I want to do right now is I want to make Beat Barbarian Volume 2. It's already half done. We have guys like Gultaj the Great. I have a song in the works with Tona and Bill from MOP. We have to finish up that one. Also, Thrust is on that one. We got songs coming up with cats like Mocha Only. I'm going to be doing the majority of the T to the D album. T to the D is Toronto to Detroit. That's Thrust and Dank. We have a couple of songs. One song, The Return, is one you definitely have to check. It is amazing. It is one of those also, one of those acapellas that I've made the beat around. It just came out amazing. We're going to be releasing something before the end of 2020. We were loosely talking November, but we'll see what the fall is going to bring. We could probably release it before that. The material is there. We have material for days. Dank has so much material through Dank. I was able to get a nice connection with that whole Dilla camp. You know, when you look at our crew, we've got New York, we've got Detroit. I'm so blessed to have the spirit of Dilla behind us and that spirit of guru right there pushing us, their wind at our back, you know, making us go to the directions we need to go. And I'd like to say thank you to Pod Jerky, to you guys for keeping it real and really highlighting the artists in Canada that are making a difference. I'd like to say thank you to everybody who was on my record. Thank you to Afro. Thank you to Sadat X, to Elda Sensei. I'd like to say thank you to Vast Air and Siri Walls. I'd like to say thank you to Thrust, to Jism. I'd like to say thank you to Cree. I'd also like to say thank you to K-Cut, Mathematic. Mathematic and I, another great, amazing Toronto artist, Mathematic song build for my album. He's one of those artists that, you know, always has a message and that's that guy like if you don't know mathematic check mathematic out such an inspiration and i was so so grateful to have him on my album hopefully uh we'll do another couple of songs together next couple of things in the works that i have will be working with stretch we got big stretch he's going to be doing a couple of singles uh probably bang out an ep for stretch very soon also have some great things in the works with thrust Thrust's album is going to be dropping sometime in the fall. We're definitely thinking September-ish. Date's not set yet. He was going to do an EP, but all the material that we made, he's got productions on it from Lance, from Big Tweez, from me, from all across the globe. He's got this amazing momentum going right now. This uh, Frankenstein is on that album. If I forgot anybody, I'm sorry. He's got so much talent. You know, Thrust is a guy that spanned five generations of hip-hop. He's been there, man. He's done it. He's been able to be relevant after all these years, and I feel like now he's better than ever. So we have a lot of cool little surprises that we're saving for next year for you guys. But right now, we're just trying to ride out this Beat Barbarian. It's going to be dropping, you know, and in a week and a bit, this new Thrust Play the Game to Win EP uh turned now into an LP. That's going to be amazing. He has so many features on it. I can't even go into it right now. Looking forward to that. I'm also super, super, super grateful to be able to build with some amazing artists from all over the globe. I'm Serbian and I hope to connect with some of my fellow Serbian artists and artists in general in Europe. I'm hoping that this album does break through to Germany and to into Japan and I would love to start collaborating with the world, but right now the focus is going to be pretty much on getting myself, my team ready to go on a whirlwind when 
you know, shows can open up again. We've got so much material. We're going to have, we have material for, for months and for years that people don't know about. So we're just going to slowly release little by little, a bit at a time. And the big picture hasn't been painted yet. So I, I really do hope to, to take it to that next level. And we have the experience, we have the charisma, and we have the work ethic required to take us to that place. So I just hope that everything stays on track and we stay positive and that we get there as a team. One thing that makes it kind of difficult is this whole COVID rule situation where we can have these gatherings. It's amazing. I think it's been a blessing in disguise that it gave the musicians and the artists, the producers, the rappers, the ability to just own their craft and hone their craft for five to six months to make some really amazing music. And I feel like we're going to be hit with such great music come fall and winter. This summer is going to be amazing if we can all tour and go back to live shows it shut us down in one way, but really made us resilient in other ways. And music will show. So I do hope that when uh, we can get back to this album, The Beat Barbarian Volume 1, we'll get a chance to shine as it should because uh, there's some amazing gems on this. I was just talking to Thrust about it. You, you could literally do a tour with just my album. Hopefully that would be the end goal, you know, do a Beat Barbarian world tour, make this a compilation series that I can make every single year to give back to hip hop because hip hop has given me a lot. It's hard to do it like we used to do it with this COVID culture because of, you know, how little you get when you get paid online, unless you're, you're working on placements, which I'm not right now. My focus right now is for myself. I'm very greedy right now. I'm trying to make music just to, for hip hop and to solidify my name in hip hop right now. For later times, my goal will be to make more music for placements. But right now, it's to work, hustle, and grind. And, you know, Afro has gotten to almost 30,000. Uh, Soul of Cassius has gotten almost to 30,000 plays on Spotify. And, you know, I, I think you get like, I guess, 70 bucks for that or 70 bucks-ish. You know, that's not where it's at. The merch sales, the shows, that's where these guys make their money. And I'm hoping that we can uh, we can revive the culture from that aspect as uh, as normalcy comes to us a little bit more. Thank you so much for listening. We had some technical issues. We couldn't do it live back and forth. So for those of you guys that were able to listen to me for over 55 minutes, uh, thank you. I would love to uh, come back and do this again. In the meantime, Beat Barbarian comes out on August the 8th and Thrust Single, Skylarkin, production by Frankenstein, featuring Whitey Don. Skylarkin is going to be out on the 7th. So it's uh, we have a couple of videos coming out directed by Frank Lau. He's the one that directed the Skylarkin video. It's coming out on the same day the single is dropping. He was the one responsible for Trust. Trust is the solo by me and Thrust. That video is coming out shortly. I also have another video coming out with Jism called Worldly Ways featuring Cree. That one is going to be out uh, very shortly. We're just in final editing mode right now. So hopefully the next couple of weeks, you guys will get to see Beat Barbarian in, in all its glory. Pod Jerky, thank you so much, you guys, for allowing me to speak on hip hop and the state of affairs here in Toronto. Once again, my name is Navi the North. And thank you, Pod Jerky, for having me on and uh, telling you guys about this thing that uh, we call hip hop. I hope you guys are well and stay safe. May 2020 end a little bit better than it started. Hope everyone is doing great. The Barbarian drops on the 8th of August, 2020. Peace. We're going to take another break to help out another podcast. Every 73 seconds, someone is sexually assaulted in the United States. 
we are here to tell you you are not alone. Blackbird, an advocacy podcast, tells the stories of victims and survivors of true crime with a focus on the support these survivors need. We provide information for those who have endured trauma and for those who love someone who has. Tune in every Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to hear these stories of hope, survival, and empowerment. No one should go through this alone. We believe you. That was Sarah from Blackbird, an advocacy podcast. Make sure you tune in and hit that subscribe button. Before I wrap this up, I wanted to thank Nabby the North for joining us on Pod Jerky. He's a really talented and driven music producer, and he's one definitely to watch. Just a quick reminder that Nabby has an upcoming EP with Chisholm High Definition, together with his Worldly Ways video, which is available now. Also, Nabby's Beat Barbarian Volume 2 is currently in the works and will be available sometime in early 2021. In addition, Nabby will be participating in Toronto's Beat Battle, featuring the top 32 music producers in the world. That should be going down sometime in late October. When we have further information on all this hip-hop goodness, we'll be updating our website, blog, and all our social media channels. Please remember that all the music played in this episode is subject to copyright and can't be used in any way without the artist's permission. If you're interested in working with Nabby the North, please check him out on Instagram at Nabby underscore the underscore North or contact him through his website, NabbyTheNorth.com. We will have all his links and contact info on our website's featured podcast guests section as well as our blog section and you can check us out at PodJerky with all our links. And please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating for us as well. We appreciate it very much. Thanks, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Here we go now! Pop Jerky.